Let's take our Bibles at this time. We're going to go to the book of Matthew, chapter number 4. Matthew, chapter 4. And um, it is our missions month, and in preparation for our conference coming up, there's just something I wanted to share with you. Really a very simple uh, message this evening from Matthew 4 in reference to being willing and ready when Jesus calls. And so we're in Matthew 4, a very familiar passage of Scripture, and if you're willing and able, I'd invite you to stand with me as we read, beginning in verse number 18 of Matthew chapter 4. The Bible says here, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Pay attention to those words, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that in these next few moments as we look into your word, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, what what we need tonight is not the words of man or some challenge from a man. Uh, We need to hear from God. And I pray, Lord, that as we take just a few moments here and look into your word, that you would accomplish that, that you would really work to prepare our hearts to say yes to whatever it is that you would have us to do. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. A very familiar passage of Scripture, a familiar story in the Bible. In fact, it's one that uh, most of the kids probably know a song about this. Jesus calling uh, his disciples and, and inviting them to come and follow him. And he said, if you'll follow me, I will make you fishers of men. But uh, we, again, though this is a familiar passage of Scripture, I think it's one that maybe we uh, too quickly pass on by, assuming that this is not necessarily for us. It's not something that the Lord uh, would expect of us. After all, we're not fishermen, uh, and uh, we're not, uh, you know, living at a time that Jesus is going to come physically walking by and inviting us to follow him. But obviously, uh, we can all relate to the fact that at some point, if you've been saved, at some point in your life, Jesus came by and said, follow me. Amen. And I hope that you have said yes to the Lord in that way. But the reason that I, I, I want to draw your attention here tonight is that in this upcoming week, we are going to be having our missions conference starting on Wednesday. And my prayer is that all of us will say yes to Christ in whatever it is that he asks us to do. And one of my prayers for a long time has been and will continue to be that out of Mount Zion Baptist Church, God will call men to be fishers of men. Now, there is a sense in which all of us, we heard about it this morning, especially in the Sunday school hour. I'm thankful for the lesson that we heard this morning and the challenge that we all are to be in in this business of reaching souls for Christ. And we ought to be faithful in that locally as we uh, are planted here. God has given us people 
uh, that we are to be uh, trying to reach, our family, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors, and those in the community around us, that we as a church are to be faithful in proclaiming the gospel to them. And you ought to be fishing for men wherever you are. We as a church need to be faithful in keeping our eyes not just inward on what's going on inside of these four walls, but outward and concerned about the souls that are all around us every day. We need to be constantly perceptive of that. And it's also important to, to, to note these words, as he said in verse number 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And someone has so adequately said, if you're not fishing, it's because you're not following. Because he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so this is part of just being a follower of Christ, is being a, a fisher of men, being someone who's going after lost souls and, 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 and proclaiming the gospel and seeking to see people saved. But obviously within this particular passage of scripture, Jesus gave a very specific call to these four men, Peter and Andrew and James and John, and the call to follow me was actually a call to leave what they had known. It was a call to leave their area of comfort and really to launch out into the unknown. Now, I want you to think about this with me because for, for me, what they did as fishermen on the Sea of Galilee was something that would make me very uncomfortable. We read in the Bible of, of several different storms that arose on that sea, that, that big lake, if you will, the Sea of Galilee, and, and, and times that, uh, that those men faced uh, storms that uh, put their lives in danger. At one point, they're on the sea, and, and Jesus is with them in the boat, and the boat begins to take on water, and they cry out to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? At another time, Jesus isn't with them, but he constrains them to get into the boat and, and, and the winds come up and they spend all night rowing against the winds. And it isn't until Jesus showed up walking on the sea in the fourth watch of the night that that's, uh, that, that uh, storm ceased. And so this was a common thing. And of course, if you have studied uh, the, the Sea of Galilee, you know that it was prone to storms that would arise quickly, kind of out of nowhere. And, and I like a good uh, fishing trip, and I like to be on a, out on a boat, but I'll tell you, as soon as I see storm clouds coming in, that scares me a bit, you know. I, I, I don't have the stomach for what these guys did on a regular basis to live their lives out on the water fishing, all right? But that was what they were comfortable with. That was what they were familiar with. This was what they had done their whole lives. In fact, we read of, of, of the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and here they are. Uh, they're, they're in the family business. They're doing what they've always done. They're doing what they've always known to do. And essentially, out of nowhere, along comes Jesus. Now, I don't want you to get the picture that they didn't know who Jesus was and this was just some stranger that was coming by and offering them kind of a new lot, a new lease on life. Hey, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they went, oh, that's an interesting infomercial. We're going to follow him. They knew who Jesus was. They were aware the fame of him had begun to spread about John the Baptist uh, who was that prominent teacher at the time, had already identified him as the Messiah. And these men understood that by forsaking their nets and following Jesus, they were following after the Messiah. They were following after Christ, the Son of God. And maybe they didn't have the full concept of that, but, but it is important to know that when they, when they were called to leave, they knew what they were doing. 
But here they are, just on a day like any other day. And Jesus comes along. A man that they no doubt respected, a man that they saw as a teacher, a man that they saw as the Christ to to one degree or another, but now he's going to make a specific call to these four men. A call that he didn't make to everybody. And he specifically came by where they were and said to them, follow me. In other words, I want you to set aside what you're doing. I want you to stop whatever plans you have for the the coming days and weeks and months. I want you to set these things aside and follow me. And it's interesting to me that they never said, hey, Jesus, where are you going? And oh, by the way, what are we going to be doing? And Jesus, where are we going to live? And since I'm leaving my business behind, how are we going to have money to buy food and clothing and all of those things? They didn't didn't ask that. He simply said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And this is what I want to point out to you first and foremost is the immediacy of their obedience. Because it says in verse number 19, he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 19, it says, and they straightway left their nets and followed him. Verse number 21, and going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and and John his brother in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. These men, when when invited by Jesus, and maybe you would say he commanded them to follow, but we could say whether it was an invitation or a command, isn't it clear that this was their choice? They didn't have to follow him. There was nothing, uh, Jesus didn't twist their arm, he didn't put a gun to their head, he simply said, follow me, and immediately, it says of James and John, immediately they went, of, of, of Peter and Andrew, it says that straightway, And that word straightway, that's literally what it means, immediately, right away. It was the first thing they did when Jesus said, come with me, no questions asked, these men went. And folks, can I just encourage you at all times, but especially in a week like what we are approaching with missions conference, to be ready to say yes to whatever God leads you to do. If there is something that the Lord begins to impress upon your heart or something that He is leading you in in a way that you can be more involved and more committed to His service and the fulfillment of the Great Commission, may I just implore you, don't hesitate and don't wait until a convenient time to obey the Lord. Be ready at a moment's notice. There are several illustrations that the Bible gives of of us as as God's children and as his servants. But one of the things that the Bible likens us to is soldiers. And if you are an active duty soldier or you're in the military, one thing that you have to be is ready at all times. Because you could receive orders and be shipped out at a moment's notice. I mean, maybe 24 hours notice at certain times or something like that. But, you know, I think about these, uh, this, this war that's taking place over in Israel. And, and just a few weeks ago, a Saturday night, 
out of nowhere, they just begin to be bombed unexpectedly. And what happened? They had to call up their military. And within, within a matter of hours, they, they had summoned 300,000 reservists. Think about that. These people didn't have a choice. When they were called up, it was time to go. They weren't able to say, you know, I'll get around to that, but this next week is really not good for me. Uh, you know, I've got some family obligations, and my kid's got a birthday party, and maybe after that, you know, or I'm kind of busy at work right now. No, when, when, you're, when you're a soldier, when you're enlisted in the military, and they say go, guess what? you got to go. Let me say to you, friend, as a servant of Christ, do not allow excuses in your life to say, I will obey when it's convenient for me. I have known far too many. I, I could give you example after example after example of well-meaning people who love the Lord who had this mindset that when I reach this point in life, then I will be ready to fully obey God. I think I even mentioned this morning, I've, I've known people who've said, you know, I'm, I'm five years away from retirement. When I retire, then I'll be able to more fully give myself to the service of, of the Lord. And, and I just want, I, I understand the logistics and the practicality of that, but let me just say this. The will of God is not some future distant thing. The will of God is what does God want for me to do right now? Right now. And don't delay what God is leading you to do for some later day. Because, folks, the truth is that later day may never come. That later day may never come. And as long as there's an excuse to say, well, someday, when a more convenient time comes, when I'm in a better position... Uh, when, when, when life isn't as crazy, once the kids are a little bit older, once I'm a little bit more financially stable, uh, 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 once I've got the education that I want to get, or whatever the case is, then I'll be ready to say yes to the Lord. But may I just implore you to challenge and challenge you that in your heart you would determine, Lord, whatever you want for me, the answer is yes, and it is immediately yes. Now, I'm not saying that that there are not times that you need to wait. And sometimes it is the will of God for you to tarry at Jerusalem for a while, as he told his, his apostles. And there, there are, are times where we have to be uh, prepared. And, and I can't help but think of the 40 years that God had Moses wandering in the wilderness before he went back to Egypt. And those three and a half years that Elijah had to spend by the brook and then with the widow at Zarephath. And I'm just saying there are some seasons in life that God has us in a holding pattern and a waiting pattern. But you better be sure that if that is where you are, it's because that's where God's told you to be, not simply because you're waiting until a more convenient time to say yes. It wasn't convenient for these men to leave behind the family business. And at least in the case of Peter, we know that he had a family himself because he had a mother-in-law and no one in their right mind would have a mother-in-law if they didn't have a wife. <laughs> Amen. That's good preaching right there. Listen. These men had families. They had businesses. They had lives. 
They had homes. And when Jesus called them to go, it wasn't like, well, I guess we don't have anything better to do. I mean, there's no purpose. I don't have anything going on in life anyway. I guess I can't. Sure. How many of you men remember being a bachelor and how life was kind of like that, right? Man, I, I remember getting a call from a friend at 2 o'clock in the morning. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, I'm sleeping. What are you doing? I thought, I, I thought I'd make a run to Taco Bell. You want to come? Sure. I had a friend that loved Krispy Kreme donuts. We lived an hour from the nearest Krispy Kreme, and he found out that Krispy Kreme started making fresh donuts at 3 o'clock in the morning. And so guess what? There were nights at 2 o'clock in the morning. We were loading up in the car and driving an hour to get some fresh Krispy Kreme donuts. I'm just saying, when you're single and free, it's easy to just say, sure, I don't have anything going on. But let's be real honest. As life goes on and you get married and you have a family and you have a job and you've got bills and you've got responsibilities, you start to kind of get bound by your responsibilities and it can feel as though, well, maybe obeying God in these areas is for someone else because I just can't. Folks, these disciples could have had plenty of excuses to say, this is not a good time. But the Bible says that immediately, straightway. Uh, can I just encourage you, if, if God is leading you to do something, God can work out the details. He can work out the details. Go with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 9. Hold your place here in Matthew 4. Luke chapter 9. We'll begin in verse number 57, where it says here, <clears throat> And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee, whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, here are some men that say to Jesus, Lord, we are willing to say yes to you. We are willing to follow you. And Jesus says, are you sure about that? I mean, after all, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Jesus didn't own a home. Following Jesus meant you didn't necessarily know where you were sleeping that night. It meant you didn't necessarily know where your next meal was coming from. I mean, it might come from him taking five loaves and two fishes and kind of multiply by dividing, right? That's what he did. Uh, Lord, i got to pay some taxes. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, I've, I've got a coin and a fish's mouth. I mean, I'm just saying, the following Jesus wasn't exactly a life of stability and security from a human perspective. 
So Jesus basically challenges this guy and says, well, are you sure you really want to follow me? Because it's not going to be the life of convenience and comfort that you're accustomed to. And then these two other men say, well, we're willing to follow you after. The one says, suffer me first to bury my father. Understand, his father was not dead, nor was he on his deathbed. It wasn't like, hey, the funeral's coming up tomorrow and after that. No, no, no. The idea was this. My dad's still alive, and as long as my dad's alive, I need to be caring for the needs of my family. Once he's out of the picture, once his, once his time is up, then I'm going to come and serve you. And Jesus pretty harshly and pretty directly said, let the dead bury their dead. Let, let, let those who are of this world care for the things of this world. But follow thou me. I think I've, I've told you the story before of a time uh, when I was in Thailand and interacted with a Buddhist monk he was a, a young man. He was one of the few people I interacted with over there that spoke English. And we had a long conversation about the gospel, about Christ, and about the need for salvation. And, and he looked at me and he, he said, I sincerely believe everything you're telling me is true. And I believe that Jesus is God and I believe that I need him as my Savior. And this is what he said, I promise you that I will trust Christ as my Savior once my parents are dead. You see, in their culture, as long as his parents were alive, in fact, even the reason that he was a monk was in order to bring honor to his family. And in their culture, it would be so shameful to their family if he converted from Buddhism to Christianity that it would bring uh, just absolute shame to, to his father and to his mother. And so he couldn't do that. In his heart, he could not do that to his parents and he thought, I'll just wait till they die, and then I'll get this settled. Listen, friend, how, how tragic and how sad to put off saying yes to Christ and salvation. And chances are, he probably will never truly be saved. But how many people live their lives this way? I'll obey, I'll obey once a convenient time comes, once a better time comes, once I finally get the house paid off, once I finally get the business going. And friends, I'm just telling you, that time doesn't come. It doesn't happen. If you're going to obey God, it has to be immediate. Immediate. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Whatever you want, whenever you call, I am there. So we see this immediacy and this urgency in their following, and we also see the difficulty of following, they left. They left their financial stability. They left their familiarity, and they left their family. They left their source of income. You say, well, how much could a fisherman make? Depends on how good of a fisherman he is. <laughs> but in a, in a culture that ate a lot of fish... This was a pretty lucrative business. I don't think these were wealthy men necessarily, but this was a stable income. They left that behind. They left behind what they knew, and they left behind their family. It says in verse number 21, and going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James and John, verse number 22, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. I wonder what their father thought. I mean, I built this business. I wanted to give it to my boys. 
And out of, I mean, out of nowhere, just one day, they just left. They just quit. And they left me holding this. I mean, do you think there could have been some family conflict there? Some pushback? Hey, boys, this isn't right. This couldn't possibly be God's will and the way that this has transpired. I mean, I'm just saying, this wasn't an easy thing for them to do. But they went. Because when Jesus says, come, follow me, you follow. Are you willing to say yes to the Lord, even if that costs you your comfort, your, what you're familiar with, even if it means leaving some family behind? You know, we've got missionaries uh, here this week and coming in that to say yes to the Lord means that they're going to miss out on some holidays with family and weddings and graduations and funerals. I'm just saying, it, there, there's cost sometimes involved. There's cost. Are we willing to follow? And then I want to show you this also. There was a transformation that took place. Because it says in verse number 18, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. These men, they didn't know a lot about following Christ. They knew how to fish. And they probably could have said, well, Jesus, we'd like to follow you, but we're not teachers, we're not rabbis, we're, we're not preachers. Mark chapter 3 tells us he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. Understand, when these guys were called... The, the Lord was saying, you're going to go and you're going to be my messengers. And they could have easily said, we're just fishermen. That's what we know. I, I'm, not, I'm not a preacher. What did Amos say? He said, I, I was not a prophet. I, was a, I wasn't a prophet's son. I was a herdman, a gatherer, a gatherer of sycamore fruit. I, I knew how to be a farmer. I didn't know anything about this prophet business. But he said, the Lord took me as I followed the flock. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I'll make you. Listen, if God calls you, he can make you what he wants you to be. Don't think, I would say yes to the Lord in some area, but I'm just not cut out for this or for that. No, no, no. You may not think you're cut out for it, but if you'll follow, he'll make you what you need to be. He'll change you. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And where God calls, God provides. And where God calls, God equips. And where God calls, God enables. And folks, I don't know what the Lord would have you to do. And I'm not trying to push you in some direction that God would not lead you in. 
But I, I, I want to just challenge you tonight, if there's anything that you can take from this message tonight, here's what I want to challenge you. Set every excuse aside and understand that God can. God can do anything he wants to do and, and determine in your heart, I'm setting aside any and all excuses and I'm yielding to his will whatever he says, I will do. And if he says, come follow me, I'm going to immediately, straightway, follow. I will say yes to the Lord and let him work out the details. Friend, this week, I want to encourage you, don't miss, don't miss a night of this missions conference. If you can help it, don't miss it. It might just be that there's something that God wants for you, something he wants you to hear. But also, don't, don't just be here in body. Determine in your heart that you're going to be listening and ready to say yes. Ready to say yes to the Lord in whatever He says to you.